0: It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Eat me now. I'm starving. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast presented by DraftKings, the greatest fantasy and sportsbook apps. In the galaxy, I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, classic journeyman. If you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, you can see the helmets of the teams I played for, Washington, Dallas, Buffalo, New England, and the Cleveland Browns. Got a bunch of different media gigs now, a bunch of podcasts, the Ross Tucker football podcast even money for those of you that like to put a little something, something on the games, college draft podcast, which talks college football and the NFL draft. Andrew Brandt has the business of sports podcast and the aforementioned Ross Tucker football podcast. Three days a week in the off season, daily your daily on-demand audio content for the National Football League during the twenty-two weeks of the NFL season. I will tell you though, the star of this show, the star of the fantasy feast, it's Joe Dolan from fantasy points. The number one ranked fantasy analyst over the last five years, according to fantasy pros, which is why Joe is our guy. Follow him on Twitter at FG underscore Dolan. He's the master of all he oversees at fantasypoints.com. Joe, there's a lot to get to, but today's going to be primarily about best ball. You know why? Because I freaking love best ball. By far, my preferred and favorite format of fantasy football. We'll get into exactly why that is. Future episodes, will have some best ball experts like Scott Barfield, among others. But today is more or less A primer for people that aren't real familiar with how best ball formats work and why they're catching on in terms of popularity at DraftKings and otherwise, as well as sort of a refresher course for people that maybe played, maybe they have some idea, maybe they're just diving into it for the 2021 season, and we want to make sure they know exactly what to do.
1: Well, Ross, uh, best ball is – it's – a fantastic way to play fantasy football. its it, I don't want to say it's the easiest way to fit, play fantasy football, but it's maybe the simplest way, um, if that makes sense. Because best ball, by definition, you don't have to make any waiver wire moves. You don't have to make any trades. You don't have to set your lineup every week. And then, and then the question becomes, what's the fun in that? Well, the fun in that is best ball – Gives you the opportunity to relive the best day of your fantasy season, which is draft day. And you can do it often as you like, as infrequently as you like. You can do it never if you want to, but it's just a great option. And it's really the only way, frankly, to play right now. Um, I know DraftKings hasn't launched yet, uh, that should be up soon. The real D-Gens love playing best ball here in uh, in February. DraftKings is not up yet, but there are some places you can play uh, best ball. So here is the notion of best ball. If you guys are unfamiliar with it, it's been popular in the fantasy circle for a number of years now, um, dating back to the old MFL 10s, which don't exist anymore. But um, it's been super popular, and here's all you do. You draft a roster of a finite number of players, depending on how many rounds are in your best ball draft, 18, 20, which is what DraftKings did last year, uh, all the way up to 35-round drafts on some sites. You draft a roster of players, and then you sit and you wait for those players to perform. Uh, I, there is a lineup requirement. For instance, DraftKings' lineup requirement is one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end, one running back wide receiver tight end flex, um, and each and every week, That lineup is automatically generated by your top scorers at that position. So the idea for best ball is to build a team that's going to score a lot of points, but also a team that's going to have the opportunity to withstand injuries. A team that's going to have the opportunity to have maybe some late emerging players at the end of the season to help you get over the hump and cash Uh, For best ball and on DraftKings, there's a number of ways to do that. You could do just a full season best ball league. There's no head to head, by the way, it's total points where at the end of the season, the top couple of spots pay out uh, a predetermined prize based on your entry. And they also have large scale tournaments where your team advances. Come week thirteen to a to a playoff, and then you face off against other teams that advance all the way up until week sixteen, and then there's a big time grand prize at the end of that among a larger field. So um, there there's plenty of ways to play. It's so much fun, and if you're getting into best ball and you're and, and, and maybe you're you're not a hundred percent serious about it right now, or you're super serious about your hometown league with your buddies. And you want what? What justification is there to play baseball? Well, I said this a number of years ago, and it's and it's forever true. I think the fantasy football mock draft is dead, and I'm not talking like the the drafts that you'll that maybe you'll maybe you'll still pick up a magazine. Remember when people held those in their hands, and you know maybe they're sitting on the can and they're flipping through them. You know, remember remember magazines? You had to lick your fingers to turn the pages occasionally (laughs) you will see a a quote-unquote expert or industry mock draft in those and that that's just guys trying to help you decide who you might want to draft but in terms of like going to a site like a yahoo or an espn and clicking, hey, I have my draft next week. I want to do a mock draft. I want to see what's going to happen where there's no stakes whatsoever on the table. People are going to draft defenses in the first round. They're going to draft Tim Tebow in the first round to make you laugh. Ha, ha, ha. And the whole thing blows up. Um, That doesn't exist anymore because best ball has replaced the mock draft. If you want to know how how you can be competitive in August – you start drafting in the spring with best balls and there's stakes on the table as well. So, you know, people are going to be taking these seriously and you can go for as low as $1, $5, $10, $25, all the way up to a few hundred dollars. You can play in a best ball league. And by the end of the season, if you've done well, you know, you look at your, your, your DraftKings app, you're like, Oh crap. I'm in first place in this league. I'm in second place in a couple of leagues. And you're going to get a nice payout at the end of the season as well. It's a great way to play. And Ross, quite frankly, this podcast, this offseason, we're going to be talking free agency. We're going to be talking the draft. Uh, Of course we are. We're going to be discussing mini camps. God willing. We have a semblance of a normal offseason. But everything up until like July when training camp starts is going to be filtered through the lens of best ball. You know, there's no DFS to play. you, You can't do NFL Pro Day DFS. You can't do it. So everything is going to be filtered through the lens of best ball. That's the easiest way to discuss, hey, this guy's moving up my rankings in best ball. He's moving down in best ball. I can't believe it. I did a draft last week, and I saw this guy go in the first round. That Everything is going to be filtered through the lens of best ball. So if you're a listener of the podcast and you're not into best ball, be prepared. This is how we are going to, to discuss everything. That is the lens we're going to use for the next, hell, close to six months.
0: Joe, so much good stuff in there. I'm I'm taking notes while you're talking. And a couple things that need to be noted, right? We're recording this February 17th. As Joe mentioned, DraftKings hasn't quite put up their best ball draft yet, but they will. I I love it. Uh, Kudos, by the way, to DraftKings starting last year by having a best ball product. It's been my favorite way to play fantasy and draft the last couple of years, here's the deal, Joe. Okay. And I think other people are similar, but I know this is what it's like for me. I love this time of year. I love in April or May after the NFL draft. I love over the summer, June, July, you and I did a bunch of best ball drafts last year. I love the draft. Like that's the part of it. I like, I like trying to find value. I like seeing who other people take. Once the season comes around, I'm so busy that the roster management, you know, like which guys have a buy, you know, this guy is, you know, available for trade, get this guy off of waivers. To be honest with you, it just becomes too much for me. What I like about best ball is when you have some time over the summer or the spring or even late winter. You can have, look, you can do best ball now before free agency, before the NFL draft. And you might say, well, that's crazy. You don't even know who's on whose team. That's part of the fun. Like that, that's what makes it everybody is, you call it sicko season for best ball drafts. Like everybody is on the same level, everybody has access to the same information. So I'll do a bunch. So you and I, just for our listeners here on the Fantasy Beast podcast, probably did five or six last offseason we'll do that many here again this offseason you guys can participate i just find that so much more enjoyable than lineup decisions waivers trades during the season now i know there are people that disagree there are people that prefer dynasty there are people they, they want to be the more involved the better rather than doing that roster tinkering and management I'd just rather do another best ball draft. I'd rather have – because every one of them, it's like a snowflake, right? Like every one of them changes. It's the same reason why the NFL draft in and of itself is fun because one team takes somebody you're not expecting and it kind of changes everything below after that. So me personally, it's my favorite way to draft. I love it. It's my favorite way to play fantasy football I like checking out the teams during the season then and being like oh I remember this draft and oh I'm killing it in this one I'm doing good in this one you almost kind of you do a bunch of best ball drafts during the offseason and then during the season you sort of check Joe on your portfolio of best ball drafts during the offseason to see how your teams are doing
1: yeah and uh, um, obviously uh, it, it allows you to to kind of visualize what players you're high on you know hey I don't can't believe that I have eight shares of Derrick Henry. I'm way higher on him than I thought I was, or maybe that's just how your draft fell. So, um, a lot of people, like you were saying, I, I, I personally am in probably too many redraft slash dynasty leagues where I have to do roster management. And that's not to say that I don't love playing in those leagues and I don't prefer, you know, that full season, that interaction that you have with your friends. It's just that for somebody like me who does this for a living, uh, even I have finite time Ross, because most of my time is dedicated to, towards trying to guide people in the right direction and not necessarily doing those things myself. So, I probably could benefit from cutting a couple of leagues out and uh, and going more of a best ball route just in terms of that way I'm able to prepare my content. I'm able to say these are the things I like. And frankly, from my perspective, my content is better because of best ball. And even if, even if um, I'm just doing one best ball draft a month, which is not true, I do hundreds of them, um, even if I do just one a month, I am able to put my money where my mouth is. I am able to construct an actual team against other people who are who are constructing actual teams. I am able to view the ebbs and flows of the market. I'm able to experiment with different uh draft starts, maybe, oh, I'm going to take Travis Kelsey in the first round and see how this team looks. I'm going to take this guy in the first round and see how this team looks. I'm not going to take a quarterback until the 13th round and see how that team looks. I can do all kinds of things and I can put them into action as opposed to just writing a big article where I'm speculating. Oh, I like this guy in the first round. I haven't done a draft yet, but I like him in the first round. That's the best ball allows all of us to be better at this game, including us on the content side, because it allows us to put our plan into action, adjust uh, if, if those things are needed. Ross, I think there was a draft last year. You and I did a best ball draft with some of the listeners of the podcast. And I remember saying I made a mistake. I took Evan Ingram in the sixth round and I should have taken Stefan Diggs, another wide receiver. Turns out I would have been right about that. But only because I was able to see myself make a mistake was I able to eliminate that part of my game later on in the the summer. And I remember bringing up that example a number of times where I said I thought I went on Evan Ingram too early. It ended up hurting my team the rest of the way. And there are countless examples of that where I can try different things with a best ball draft figure out what I like, what I don't. And then by the time August rolls around and I'm drafting against my buddies because I still do play against my friends in, in your traditional fantasy football league, I feel like I am super well-prepared.
0: How much crap do you get from your buddies if they beat you or when they beat you? Well, um, I like This a- is your full-time job. You're the number yeah. one ranked fantasy pros guy. Like I love the idea of your high school or college buddies beating your butt in a redraft league and and just rubbing your nose in it like, Joe, this is your full-time job. Meanwhile, I'm an accountant. I don't even follow the NFL, and I just smoked you. <laughs>
1: well, the the problem is, uh, the, the the worst part is uh, my longest running league is with my. I wrote for the Daily Collegian newspaper at Penn State, and my uh, my longest running league is with all people who who were on on the newspaper. I actually met my wife on that newspaper staff, so uh, there's a there's a big camaraderie there, and uh, it's a 14 team league, and I've I've been in it for. I mean, since I was a sophomore, uh, which would have been 2005. Um, So that's going uh, 15 plus years right now. And the last time I won that league was in 2008, which was my first year out of college. Um, I was working for the Philadelphia Eagles at the time. Um, And I entered the fantasy industry in 2009. So I am on a fantasy industry drought in my (laughs) longest running league now Tom Brawley, who works with me at Fantasy Points, uh, is in that league as well. And he's had better luck than I have. Of course, everybody uses our content. So everybody's got a sub uh, a, a sub to fantasypoints.com. They listen to the Fantasy Feast podcast. So they're using my own uh knowledge against me. Uh, uh which 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 I will throw back to them. I'll say, like, there's my buddy, my buddy Staub, who's in that league. Like me and Brawley are always sitting during the draft, and it was like, well, he's reading our content. He's listening to the podcast because he snipes us on picks. But um, in a way, they give me crap, and I, I am so damn frustrated. I mean, that that league's like a $60 buy-in, okay? It's not like I'm breaking the bank here, but I really want to win that league. I really want to win it, and I just – I can't do it. I can't do – it's it's – it, it's unbelievable, but like the draft is just ridiculous. Uh, there's there's no values whatsoever, and I know those people are using my content. So it's kind of bittersweet. They are kicking my ass, but they're kicking my ass with my own knowledge. And uh, it's, uh, maybe it's like the mentor and the apprentice type of relationship there.
0: Yeah, speaking of unbelievable, by the way, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, new customers this week can bet $1 on any college basketball team to hit a three-pointer in any game. And if your team makes it rain, you cash $100, which is just ridiculous. I mean, there are teams out there that make like 10 threes a game. Look them up and clean up. Absolutely unbelievable. Do you know DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion since 2012? That is unbelievable. Anyway, if you go do that, by the way, the the $1 for $100 on a three-pointer, just make sure you use the code ROSS. Terms and conditions apply as always, but make sure you use that code, Ross. So I just want to make sure, Joe, and I think a lot of our listeners know this, but we're picking up new listeners each week, right? So I want to make sure they understand because they're sitting here thinking, okay, no roster management, all right, and I I think I get it, but then who's my starting quarterback each week? And what happens if my guy gets hurt, et cetera? And so the deal is, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Joe, but you draft 20 guys. So let's say you draft three quarterbacks. There's only one quarterback in your lineup each week. Every week. You have three quarterbacks for week seven of the NFL season. Okay. Whoever scored the most fantasy points that week, he was your starting quarterback. Correct. Whichever two running backs scored the best, the most points that week, Those were your two running backs. So it's sort of set it and forget it. And that's why it's called best ball. It's like you're golfing with people and y'all hit off the tee and you get to play the best ball off the tee. Same type of deal. You get the best guys at each position they have. You mentioned the three receivers, the one tight end, the flex. You get whoever is, has the most maximum points your lineup can generate that week you automatically get that. So
1: and that that's where the the roster construction comes into play. And like and like with anything with fantasy, luck comes into play too. You know, you could the best laid plans, right? Like you could say, "Oh man, I went into this and I planned on drafting three quarterbacks, but it turns out I got two quarterbacks I love." I'm not going to draft a third and I'm going to take a gamble. And both of those guys go down by week seven. Well, then your team is screwed. There is an element of luck there. But for DraftKings, for instance, there is a 20-man roster, 20 rounds, no kickers, no defenses. So all you're drafting is skill position players. So an optimal roster construction for DraftKings might look like this. If you're going with a balanced roster construction, you might draft three quarterbacks, six running backs, eight wide receivers and three tight ends. Now, because there's a three wide receiver spots, um, you might go with nine wide receivers and five running backs. Maybe you throw an extra wide receiver in instead of a third quarterback. If you drafted two quarterbacks you really like, two guys who are really durable, maybe Tom Brady's one of your quarterbacks, and you know, you know he hasn't missed a start aside from the year when he tore his ACL. So maybe you're like, I, I expect Brady's going to be out there, so uh, I-, I can I can risk going with two quarterbacks, and that's all part of your decision making as you're going through a best ball draft. Um, but the running back position and the wide receiver position. Those are going to form the heart of your best ball team. You're probably going to end up with 14 or 15 players on your 20 man roster at those two positions. And remember that's because they can fill six spots on a good week because there's three wide receivers of flex and two running backs in your lineup. So that's, what's going to form the bulk of your roster, the running back and the wide receiver position. And then it comes down to strategy. How do I construct those positions? And That ends up becoming personal preference. I am a – I don't want to say militant because I'll be flexible, but I am of the mind that I like to draft my running backs early in best balls. You know, I think you are – I think it's much easier to go zero RB in a season-long league where I can work the waiver wire and I can work trades than it is in a best ball draft. Now, here is a perfect example. The Jacksonville Jaguars last year, at this point, had Leonard Fournette. Behind him, they had Ryquell Armstead, somebody they drafted in 2019. So maybe if you were drafting the Jaguars' backfield in, 20, uh, in 2020, you would have drafted Leonard Fournette, and maybe you handcuffed him. Handcuffing is a part of best ball as well. Just in case your starter gets hurt, you have his backup, and you handcuff him with Ryquell Armstead. We go through February, March, April, May, June situation is kind of stagnant there. All of a sudden, poor Raquel Armstead gets sick, ends up on the COVID list. Leonard Fournette ends up cut. He signs in Tampa. So then maybe you're drafting Divino Zigbo. Not even until like late August, early September. Is James Robinson even on the radar? So there's going to be guys who end up becoming big-time producers who aren't even being drafted in fantasy drafts, in best ball drafts. So that's why I think zero RB, while completely viable in best ball, is an easier thing to pull off in a redraft league where you have roster moves. Meanwhile, if I'm drafting Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook, I know I've got great guys at the top, provided they don't get hurt. And then I can focus on building my wide receivers, especially on a PPR site like DraftKings in the middle rounds. Number two, number three receivers who you don't necessarily need to produce every week. Marvin Jones is always like the key example for me. Every year he was going in the eighth or ninth round in best ball drafts, and every year he outproduces his expectations because he has a handful of big games. Those guys who you know are going to be involved in the offense can give you some big weeks here and there that helps you fill out your wide receiver position, but it becomes a personal preference. Me going early running back almost exclusively was a huge financial boon to me in 2019 because none of the early running backs really got hurt. In 2020, a lot of them got hurt. Saquon Barkley... Christian McCaffrey got hurt. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott didn't have a great year because Dak Prescott got, got hurt. because That offensive line was banged up. Miles Sanders got hurt. So in 2020, a lot of those early-round running backs got injured and kind of screwed up that strategy. 2019, it worked out beautifully because a lot of them stayed healthy. So it's all a matter of what's your personal preference? What do you think is going to happen? And, and deciding how to construct your roster is, is the fun of best ball.
0: Yeah, and I wanted to make a point. Joe, that I think is an important one. You really want to take guys that you think have upside, you know, guys that might be a little sporadic, you know, maybe they're not consistent, but they've got big weeks for you. You Remember Joe, some of the guys I took a lot last year, I took a lot of Robbie Anderson in the best ball Mm -hmm. drafts we did. And not that I thought he would have the year that he did. I just thought Robbie Anderson would have three or four games where he would catch four balls for 90 some yards and a touchdown. Now, Robbie did even better than I thought, but my point was I, you know, especially you get in the later rounds, I want to have guys who are gonna have some weeks where they're in my lineup. I, I know yep. that they're high upside guys. They're you know, they're like a Will Fuller, right? Like they're not always consistent. Maybe they don't stay healthy all the time, but every few games they're gonna go off for you. Because those are the weeks that are in your lineup, you can have other guys a little bit more consistent, but then have some high upside guys, and especially later on in the draft, a lot of high upside guys that will find their way into your lineup a few times a season. and could be the difference between you winning that week or not, or just adding to your point total at DraftKings for the end of the year.
1: And what's funny is when when uh there's a guy who I end up drafting like the guy I drafted a ton of this past year was Russell Gage of the Atlanta Falcons, and by the time like week four rolled around and he was a top twenty four fantasy receiver over that span, I'm like. I remember tweeting, well, those Russell Gage best ball shares have already paid off. He could not catch another pass for the rest of the year. And the fact that I drafted him in like the 17th round this number of times means, and he's been in my lineup two or three times, that already means that pick has paid off for me. So that's a lot of the fun in it, trying to unearth those those late round diamonds.
0: Absolutely. Uh, it is one point PPR, correct, Joe? On DraftKings, it is, yes. On DraftKings. Any, And we'll get into this. In further detail about players for this season, like we said, it's fun to do it even before free agency or the draft. Obviously, after the draft, it's it's a totally different ball game. It's a great time because then you actually know which teams these guys are on. But you can play it before, um, and we'll see when DraftKings' best ball comes out. But here's my question. The snake draft, we know that, one-point PPR. Any mistakes that people make, typically, Joe – that they should avoid. As I said, we'll have Scott Barfield and some other best ball experts on over the next few weeks, but any mistakes that people make off the top of your head?
1: Uh I think one of the big mistakes that people would make is is number 1 drafting quarterbacks too early. That's that's a that's a standard fantasy mistake. But each and every year we have guys who come out of nowhere and produce big time numbers at the quarterback position and I think that's a huge mistake that people make. Um and number 2 would be going for too much floor at the back end of your draft and, and just saying, well, you know, he he, Jason Witten might catch a couple of passes every now and again, and then and I think that's that's a losing strategy. You want to go for guys who might rise up the board uh, throughout the preseason, throughout um, throughout training camp if they start getting hype. One of the examples I keep thro- uh, throwing back to is last year, Brandon Ayuk was basically free for like six months, and then all of a sudden in August, you know Debo Samuel, it was obvious he wasn't going to be back. He Ayuk starts moving up the draft board. I'm always going to buy on young players who have some talent over some aging veterans towards the end of my draft. That's not to say that those veterans don't have a place, but um, I always want to draft upside at the end of those drafts. And, and I'm willing to bite the bullet on it on guys like Anthony McFarland for the Steelers, by the way, this past year. I drafted him a ton. Didn't necessarily work out. I am not going to regret that. Drafting a younger, talented player as opposed to an older guy who, you know, like a Frank Gore who, yeah, might get 10 carries a game, but what's he going to do with those carries? I'll never regret doing that. I will always take the upside swing over the, the boring veteran who, even on his best day, probably ends up in my flex spot.
0: Make sure you check out this man on social media, Joe Dolan at FG underscore Dolan and all the great content he produces for fantasy points. If you go there and subscribe and you should make sure you use the code feast. Speaking of subscribing, you can check out all of our other podcasts, the Ross Tucker football podcast, even money college draft podcast, business of sports podcast, all by the way, now available. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. In addition to all the normal podcast apps and places you can find us. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL on social media. All the highlight clips from this show and others will be posted to at Ross Tucker pod. Next week, we'll dive in a little bit deeper, specifically talk some players and some more in-depth strategy specifically as it relates to the 2021 season here on the fantasy feast podcast. Other than that, I am totally stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the fantasy feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, even money business of sports and the college draft all available at apple podcasts, Ross or wherever podcasts can be found.